Welcome back, everybody. So, uh, today is, uh, today is, what is today? Today is, uh, Friday the 18th, um, February, Friday the 18th. February's almost over. Shit. Shit. Um, it's like about 1 p.m., and I'm gonna, uh, start building this episode. Um... Right off the bat, let's just get all the stuff out the way. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, the D is silent. Um, still highly concerned with getting a. I don't know if I want to do Twitch because there seems to be a lot of problems on the Twitch platform. But I might just do YouTube vlogs or YouTube podcast, video podcast soon. Well, maybe not soon. I'm still in the process of getting house, but I'm going to get that done. If I get that done, then these will also be done soon. Um, but for the meantime, we're doing regular podcasts. And while everybody dogs podcasts, I just want to say I want to touch on the little Joe Rogan situation. Because I think Spotify and Joe Rogan and I think Neil Young, or I don't, if I'm not mistaken, could be Vince Young. Could be Neil Diamond. So somebody uh, were boycotting Joe Rogan, I think. And actually, here's my take on that. Who the fuck is listening to Joe Rogan? And why the fuck are you even caring what that motherfucker says? As that motherfucker's on steroids, like, of course, he's fucking whacked out of his head. Um,. And if he's not on steroids, he's drinking too much of the fucking pre-workout to make cognitive sense. So those of you that are and and, I, and he might be coked out of his mind as well. So I, I mean, a lot of the elite are, but in a lot of the, the, I mean, I guess you could say that about Trump. Trump was coked out of his head, um, full of Adderall, and uh, and then. He was on an ego trip, but Joe Rogan, no different, no fucking different, bro. Like, who the fuck? That that's my take on it. Who the fuck is listening to Joseph Rogan? For what fucking reason were they listening to one Joseph Rogan? And for those of you who are on his nuts. And believe every word that comes out of his mouth. And Joe Rogan is the the granddaddy of all podcast hosts, I guess. He's the podcaster of the whatever. I mean, why are you dick riding a man who dick rides uh, UFC fighters? <laughs> What the fuck? So, I don't know. I See, I don't know how long this situation has been going on. I just barely getting wind of it. I don't personally follow Joe Rogan because I don't find him very interesting. Um, from time to time, he does have... And this is what I don't... I'm not in, I think has something to do with COVID. Right? He's podcasting about COVID, I guess, supposedly telling people they don't need to get the vaccine. Or I don't know what the fuck. And I'm not even going to touch on that because... Um, Anchor and Spotify. I guess I'm not going to do no more vaccine COVID um, episodes because I don't know what the fuck's going on. But 
I guess he got canceled for telling people not to do the vaccine, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I don't even know the backstory. I just know that I just got wind, like, in the last couple of days that motherfucker was, like, getting canceled for on Spotify. But then again, I'm like, I get once again, there's another brilliant... For those of you that have Spotify, is there a, is there a, another way of s- saying that you're fucking broke? Why the fuck do you not have Apple Music? S- stick your whole chest out, <laughs> raise your fucking hand, and fucking tell the world that you have an Android phone <laughs> and you have Spotify. <laughs> just stick your whole with your whole chest out. Just tell the whole world that. You, you're fucking poor and, and I get it I get it You think you're cool Because Apple is Whacking the But don't come at me With some fucking Samsung That Samsung is superior In any Fucking Notion Any fucking Samsung will never be superior To Apple As a matter of fact They can throw out The fucking Samsung 100 Right now And I still wouldn't even bat an eye because it's not shit. It will never be shit. Um, And the only reason Spotify stays relevant to me personally uh, is because you don't want to pay the five bucks or nine bucks a month, whatever Apple Music is charging and not getting the music that way. Fine, I understand even, but if you're, I mean, if you pay for Spotify, you're just fucking retarded. Just put that out there. Something mentally wrong with you, because why would you not get a superior service? Uh, Apple Music is superior in pretty much every way. I've had Spotify in the past, and I don't even fuck with it no more. I, I, I think I have it on my phone. I just have it because my podcasts go there, but... I mean, pretty much. It's fucking done and done. But moving on from that, okay, my take is, who the fuck is listening to Joe Rogan? All you Spotify heads. No wonder why you're buying into whatever the fuck he's saying. I don't expect nobody to believe anything that I fucking say. And, and I still get highly geeked out when I'm like, damn, 20 people listen to this episode? Like, I wonder what the fuck they were, they tuned in and were hearing. Or like, what? Like sometimes I don't even go back and listen to my episodes, and when I when I shoot from the hip and I sp- speak about something, it's mostly just what I feel about the topic, how how I perceive it, what I'm seeing. Um, and again, I can go back to my whole philosophy. I there is America's so fucked in the sense that we're been indoctrinated by the religious creeps. And that pretty much dictates most motherfuckers' lives. Um, especially when it comes to things like homosexuality, race. And don't don't kid yourself. People are like, no, everybody's equal in the United States and everybody's, you know, man was born born in the image of God and this and that. Okay, well, why does racism, racism exist? Why is it white people were enslaving black people and lynching them and 
and uh, castrating them and doing all sorts of fucking evil to the black kin. And his honesty is religious. Religious told him jihads and shit, holy war, the crusades, whatever. Uh, that's how that's how it's justified. And and religious justifies a lot of bad things in this country. Uh, guns, for example, guns is another one. The right to defend yourself against. Muslims or whatever have you. Muslims are invading. I mean, I remember a few years back when Trump was running for president. Everybody was like, oh my God, the Muslims in Sharia law. Sharia law is taking over the United States. They want to, in, they, they want Sharia law to be the United States Constitution subverted. So we need guns. Okay, stupid, where? And I can't believe a lot of people bought into that bullshit. But I mean, people do, and you know, so whatever. And a lot, but a lot of that is religious. You know, there's a lot of religious negativity in America, and that also leads into the pandering of the conspiracy theorists and people like Joe Rogan. And why I'm like, why I'm like, I probably will always be the anti-culture. The counterculture, the anti-anti-culture, because I, I, even though I do dabble in conspiracy theories, um, you'd be hard pressed to believe. Once you do, once you take out the religious aspect of, you can open your mind to the possibility of alien life, and that's where, and not only the possibility, but perhaps the, the, one hundred percent probability. Of there being any life, and that probably we've—I mean, you gotta—you gotta erase so much history that has been taught to you, and open up your mind to a new possibility that motherfuckers probably here a lot longer than the Bible said so, because of people are still believing that Jesus died two thousand twenty-two years ago. Motherfucker never lived, you know, whatever. That shit's all false. So you got to take away that nonsense. History is probably a lot old. Now we do got a good idea of the history, but not that much. But all of that said, Joe Rogan's an idiot. Don't stop listening to him. Stop listening to Joe Rogan. Not because he's an idiot or not because people are telling you to cancel him, but because he's a fucking idiot. Uh, and you shouldn't be giving that man. I mean, I don't know. I think it's in the millions of people are listening to him. You're idiots too. You're fucking stupid as fuck for believing whatever that man's saying is coming out of his mouth as some sort of truth. Whatever. Moving on from that, now that I got that spill out the way about podcasting and the future of this podcast, uh, with all that said, I would like to review Wage War's latest musical release, Manic, the album, which came out. Let me look at the date. It came out in 2021. I'm not sure when it came out in 2021. And honestly, like I said, it came out in 2021. I I think I even seen it 
come out and I did not listen to it. I refused to listen to it. I almost, in a sense, disowned the band. In a sense. I pretty much said that I was not going to listen to Wage War maybe ever again. And just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, I know, like, I can only listen, I listen to the music over and over and over and over and over again until I feel like, okay, I've done enough listening to the music. Like, I've listened to A Tear in the Fabric of Life probably about 40 to 50 times now. And now I feel like I need to hear those songs to reinvigorate and I need to watch those songs. I need to move. I need to headbang. I would need to see it live. I need to hear a song or two or three. Uh, just to say there's a, there's a certain thirst I have to see those songs live. And once I sate that thirst, I'll probably go back and listen to it and then I can really envision the music more in my head. I'm, that's how I that's how I do my music. Um, I listen to it a bunch of times. If I if I, if I see the band live and they they kill it, and then they drop it, and then I go look at their albums and they're badass on their albums, I will listen to their shit. That's kind of how it happened with Knock Loose. No, actually, that's not that's not the case. I was just hearing that there was some wild breakdowns going on in my workout speakers a while ago, and that's how I found out about Knock Loose. And then I started listening to them. And then I was like, holy shit, this band is fucking crazily, crazily heavy. And then I seen them live, like, directly live. And not just, like, I caught them on the side live. But I seen them live. And I was like, wow, this band is crazy. And then, I mean, one thing after another was crazy and crazy and crazy. And then here I am, still listening to Knock Loose. Knock Loose gotta be one of my more favorite bands to come up right now. They're definitely in high top ranking. And that's saying a lot because I've there's a got other favorite bands that I like and other heavy bands that I listen to and they're creeping up there. With all that said, I was into Wage War. I love Deadweight the album. I love, you know, their other old stuff. You know, when more specifically, like, you know, I can't think of what the fuck the album is right off the top of my head. But it's not even on. Well, man, maybe it is Blueprints. The one with the river. Let me see. Yeah, it's Blueprints. Blueprints is good. So is Deadweight. Deadweight is good. The band was trending in the right direction. And then they dropped Pressure. Pressure was, in my mind, after listening about two to three times, a drop-off for the band. band, The band went in a different direction than what they had previously done. 
And it's just not, it's just not, they took all of Homie's growls out of the music. They took the real meaty, choppy um, verses out. They they did a number on that album. It was, that's one thing about heavy metal that more so than any other genre We're quick to start anointing bands as being like this heavy band. And you just got to take into consideration that you need slower songs. You need more poppy songs. You need stuff to bring the ordinary man into the fold. Some radio songs that you need. And it's just one of these things that I don't know, like... They try to make that whole album radio-friendly. And it would just, to me, it just rubbed me the wrong way as a metal fan. Like, I can understand if you have a couple of singles that are not indicative of your music. I can even understand one or two ballads on the album. And I'm a fan of the heavy metal ballads. But you need... If you're a crunchy, dunchy band... I need... I need those those heavy heavy parts you can't just fade away out of it so to speak and like no that we're not gonna do that anymore because I'm personally not gonna like it I'm personally gonna sit here and critique your album if you do that great of a drop-off I'm going to I'm going to I'm not going to give you no streams. Shoot. Shit. I I won't go to your tours. I don't even buy merch for most bands. Because most bands don't deserve me buying my merch. Or or me buying their merch. And I know that's kind of like rude. And that's kind of... But the band's got to prove themselves first before I start getting merch. And what I mean by they got to prove themselves. I mean, they got to... First, they got to go on some hellacious tours. To, to the fact where I can be behind them like, okay, these band, this band is through and through, like, guts and guts and glory. And they're through and through. They're fucking heavy. Through and through. They're not scared to be put up with other heavy bands where they may not be the best band. But they're going to come out swinging and, you know... A band's got to prove themselves in that aspect to me. A band's also got to pr- pr- prove that they're lo- they're around longer than one or two albums or three albums. But really, if I'm going to invest some money, I want to make sure that I'm investing money on a shirt or a sweater or some CDs that okay, like or my you know my moshing. So I they they just got to prove themselves. And a lot of bands are really egotistical in that aspect. Like, no, the fans got to prove themselves. No, 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 no. The fans dictate what you do. Because if we don't like your shit, we're not listening to your shit. You know? It's just one of those things. I don't know how to say this in so many ways. But I've been around so many different bands and so many different heavy bands. And, like... I'm more of a veteran than most bands that have come and gone are. 
that's just what it is. You know? And they need to, uh, they need to, to, um, respect. There's a little bit of respect. Goes back and forth both ways. You know? Just, just how it is. I mean, I'm just keeping it, I'm just keeping it 100. Just, just keep it 100. You know? Let's keep it, let's keep it 100. I'm a fan. I march to music. I go to shows. I always well. I do a lot of word of mouth if the band is good, you know. And the band's got to the band's got to come back to deliver before the merch starts coming. Before I invest in a hoodie, spending fifty hard earned dollars for a hoodie that you could get at ten bucks somewhere else, and you're just really paying the forty or fifty or thirty bucks for the fucking logo on it. Um, or buying your fucking bumper stickers or your skateboards, your two hundred dollars skateboards. The band's got to earn that before I even fucking start considering the fact or getting a tattoo of them. You know. And honestly, If Pressure was the last album that Wage War ever put out, they would have so much. They would. Ha- I would not have listened to them ever, ever again if that was the case. That they would have been just lost in transition. It would have been one of those things that would have come up in a casual conversation years later. Like, hey, remember that band Wage War? Like, yeah, like, whatever happened to them? I don't know, man. They just fucking, they came out with an album or two. And the, the last album sucked, man. And they came out with one after that. And, man, it wasn't that good either. It was like, they tried, but it didn't suck. And then just like, you know, then it would have been like, ah, you know what? Like, fucking... Ah oh, man, it was just you know overall like I don't know. And then they just disappeared. They broke up, and you go and Google it like what happened, and it'll say like the band member quit, and through you know you're switching so many members, and they just call it quits. And honestly, that's how some bands' story goes. And honestly, I would not have picked up and put out manic. But I was like, okay, I, I, let me see. Let me just see. I, I was like, they got, they had about a song or two. Uh, audition for me, a re-audition. And the first song, it oh, I almost, I almost, I tell, I tell you what, I almost turned it right back off. Because I was like, you know, I, I I was like, you know what, this is not, this is more of the same. I was like, oh man, this album might be more of the same. I was yay close. I was about thirty seconds in before I was like, I was like man, this is not what I want to hear. Like out of this band right now, I'm literally gonna waste three minutes of my life, four minutes of my life, listening to some shit. And I was even gonna give the how. I was even going to give the second song a chance. But the first song, Relapse, I was like, okay, all right, let me just see. I I held my, held my, I didn't have any high hopes, but I just held on to like, okay, I'll just give the song a chance. I'm just going to give it, it, you know, you can pretty much throw on the first song and pretty much tell how the album is going to go. 
if anybody knows music, you throw on that first track and you expect to... That's your thesis statement. That's your fucking... This is what you're going to get encompassed. It's the album in a song is what it is. You come out with your best foot forward. That's the first... That's the intro song. That's what you want the fans to... That's what's going to pull them in. Right? And the song Relapse... Picks up steam about 45 seconds to a minute in. Really starts picking up steam. And then... Probably gives... At the end of the song... Definitely top 10 breakdowns that I've heard so far this year. I mean, the top five are probably all going to knock loose. You got uh, the single put out by Kublai Khan, the newest one, the lowest form of animal or whatever it is. As a matter of fact, let me, let me look that up real quick. It is, yeah, lowest form of animal, Kublai Khan, Texas. It's an EP with uh, coming out on an EP, but that has Scott Vogel, and it's it is hard, motherfucker's hard. Um, I can't think of any other new music that's come out this year so far. And I and I'm not and Nakaloose didn't even come out this year, but they still they still up there in the top ten. <laughs> Regardless, 2021, but relapse. Relapse hits with a vicious, bone-crushing, soul-crushing breakdown in the song, and and I was thoroughly entertained by the song. I was like, okay, and upon listening to it, I've listened to the album now about three times. I don't know how many times I will listen to this album. Probably a handful more times. But I was really sold on Relapse. I said, okay. This is reminds me of why I like the band in the first place. Um, good singing choruses, heavy music, breakdowns. You've got really, and on this album in particular, they're really dabbling with a little bit, a, a little bit of like the new metal flavor, and I kind of like that because I like that too about. Uh, motionless and white that I'm like okay I can see how they got their influences from Korn but yet I've always liked uh, Somebody Someone by Korn because that song is beautifully deep and heavy and it's it's been up there with one of my top songs from Korn ever it might be my favorite song from them uh, but Korn is not an essentially heavy band nor they are a thrash band Emotionless and white kind of reminds me of like a corn meets Metallica meets like hardcore. It's a perfect blend of the three. It's Marilyn Manson meets uh, Hatebreed. And so they're emotionless and white is somewhere in the middle. Uh, that's what that's what emotionless and white is. In, in, in this album in particular, Manic. You do get a little bit of that. You get a whole lot of what Wage War was good at. Heavy, mixing it with the singing, mixing it with some deep breakdowns, but also some some great stripped music and great like 
um, ballads, but all of it mixed together pretty well in the in the previous attempts. Not on pressure. You got to exclude pressure, because I, I I'm not even gonna go back and listen to it. I was so far disgusted with that album. I was like, all right, like this is not their best foot forward, obviously. Whoever produced Matic for them and took them back to what they were good at. And that's perhaps why the very first song is called Relapse. Because they relapsed into what was once working for them. They went back to what that's what a relapse is. You you've fallen off. You went one way and you you were doing good and then you went back. You know you know what a relapse is. If you're an addict, you know what a relapse is. If you know addicts, you know what a relapse is. They went back to doing what they were doing. And that's exactly what Manic is. It's a relapse. Let me see if I can find out. Uh, relapse. Let me see. Manic. Oops. Let me see if I can dig up on Google. Who... Let me see. Manic's. Manic album. Wage War. Uh, okay. Okay. Producer is Drew Folk. I don't know who the fuck that is. Andrew Wade, Jeremy McKinnon, and Cody Kistad. But it'd be interesting to see if those are the same people. Are those the same people who produced it is the same people who produced pressure wow interesting interesting uh, let's go let's go over to dead weight dead weight was produced by Almost the same people minus um, Drew Falk. Drew Falk is actually the probably the reason why pressure sucked. <laughs> but they have a lot of producers. They got five producer, which is kind of weird. I don't know how many members there are in the band. I think there's like five. But anyway, anyways, that's beyond beyond the point. They relapsed into what actually worked for the band. And uh, and Relapse is, an, is a monstrous song. Very, very beautifully monstrous song. It's not my favorite song on the album, not by far, but it is a good foot forward. And I'm glad that they went back to doing what they were doing good because I and I actually enjoyed this album. I, I like their previous albums, not pressure, but I like that they blended in from the jump, the singing in in the heavy uh, you know, Johnny Cash is a good song. You know, and I don't blame them. I, I actually in my older days, I don't necessarily blame them for trying to make a buck. Every motherfucker needs to eat. There's plenty of money out there to eat. 
But as a heavy metal fan, a diehard, this is one of those things I'm diehard about. It would have been fine if they would have put like three slow songs on there and then two poppy songs. But you got to balance it out with what they were good at. They should have gave out like four or five straight hard hitting bangers on that album. And that was just lacking. It was totally lacking. Manic solves that problem for me. There's like three or four slow songs on the album, plus like an, a single or two, and then and then there's a balance of like f- five or six straight bangers, and then they go back to what I felt like was Johnny Cash esque music that per, for me was like one of the best things about that Deadweight album was Johnny Cash the song, both the OG version and the stripped version. Um. And they kind of hit that again on this album. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this album 20 or 30 times like I did Deadweight. But I'll probably listen to it a handful more times. Maybe it'll grow on me a little bit more. Maybe I'll listen Maybe I'll listen to it 10 times. But this album through and through, I mean, I could list off the heavy songs. We got Relapse, High Horse, Godspeed, Death Roll, Slow Burn. Uh, you could possibly throw Teeth in there. Uh, and if tomorrow never comes is probably a perfectly blend of the heavy and soft your slow songs are circle the drain uh never said goodbye perhaps a little bit of slow burn uh i don't i can't remember if true, true colors is a slow song i think it starts off slow but it is heavy at the same time manic to me manic and circle the drain are their singles uh, Manic is kind of like eh, it might be for me it's a skip just because it's kind of yeah it's a blatant radio song or a blatant like MTV music video song and most of the songs I do skip even from bands that I do like um, anyways um, because I'm like well that's not indicative of who they are so I just skip it I know a lot of people like it um, Circle of the Drain doesn't really it's kind of eh, but overall, I mean, I mean, there's a there's a solid block there where it's high horse. Then you got circle the drain. It's, it's a good in its own sense. Godspeed, death run. I think slow burn is just like a block of fucking of what this band and I and I'm glad that they did that. I'm very glad that they like I said. There is some slow songs on here. Circle the drain. Never said never said goodbye. Um, Manic if you, This is slower tempo Slower tempo song um, And if Tomorrow Never Comes Is probably You know Their their crowning achievement on the album Again it's a perfect blend of the two Styles And I, and I actually like the vocals The pairing of the vocals This is one thing I did like about that band They pull like very Emo-esque Chants and very singing lullabies singing lullabies on there and but they also mixed it with the heavy and that and they did it really well from the jump from dead weight and from even from blueprints it's one thing i kind of liked about them I, I just liked how heavy they could be and how chill they could be at the same time and not it being overly like one way or the other you know me i'm a heavy metal guy and and like i feel like this is this was a good this was a good bounce back album, and and I said this is probably, you know, 
And probably this probably you just scoop pressure out. And just went if they would have went blueprints, deadweight, manic. Right now we would be talking about the sky is the limit for this man. Like we were, we would be talking about it should be Slipknot, Wage War, and Knock Loose. That should be your not fist. But instead, we're not because pressure happened, and I really think that that really dragged the band down. Hopefully, really depends on what happens with the band going forward. I mean, I could see them easily taking Knock Loose in like Chelsea Grin or Kublai Khan or Dying Wish or Inclination fucking The Ghost Inside any number of bands they could tour with and it would be good but if they're gonna start fucking with the bands like Crown the Empire and fucking bands like that then I'm gonna say they're, they're probably gonna relapse again into what that shitty music that they put out the last album and, and I don't mean to dog them about it. I understand. But they should have... Bat- they should... Somebody... Somewhere should have said, You know what? We need to throw in like two to three or four heavy songs. If 70% of the album is going to be... You know, there's ten songs. Six of them are going to be mellow tempo. They're not heavy and just more like rock pop. We need to throw in three heavy songs so we don't lose the whole bass. They lost me for that whole album. They lost money on the tour meeting greets everything as a matter of fact I didn't even listen to the album more than a few times and I'm pretty sure that weighed heavy on them going forward because this album really they really did relapse Manic really came back swinging for the fences for this one and I think that's right where they need to be and I and there's room to grow there's room to grow as a band yes they could have they could have easily replaced some of those songs on Gravity or Pressure, like Gravity, it made them heavy song. And then the, the, the strip version, if that's, if they knew, if they could have known that, they should have been, they should have been doing that. You know, maybe that's their, their version. And I actually like the Johnny Cash strip, but I like the Johnny Cash OG version as well. I really feel that. That's what they should have done with pressure. And yet, they probably were like, well, we just do that on the album and you don't have to uh, make a second version of a song and promote it a different way. But, you know, I, I think on this album, they're probably going to go back to what worked for them. And I, Because I don't see very many bands doing a whole stripped version of a song. There's not That's not too common out there right this second. However, Wage War does do it, and they've done it well. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes going forward. Overall, I gotta get the I gotta get the album like about. I'm gonna give it an eight out of a ten. Um, it's not the most perfect album, but I definitely they definitely came back with a, a solid outing, a solid effort a second time through, or uh you know, coming out with Manic is a good album. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have dogged it, and I, mean, I shouldn't have dogged the band. But it is a good album. It is a very good album. And it's right up there with, you know, what they've done in the past. So with that, you know, go check out the Manic album. 
uh, I said there's just some heavy songs High Horse Death Roll Godspeed uh, Relapse you know there's some chunky riffs and there's some there's some if you haven't heard it recommend it listen to it it might you might like it it's also got some good choruses in there some good singing so with that we're gonna pause it here and I'll come back we'll talk about some other stuff when I get back and wrap up this episode hang tight all right I'm back so let's talk a little bit about Demon Slayer uh the entertainment district arc uh I liked it um they ended up beating the upper one of the upper six which is kind of interesting seeing as it took four of them to beat the two upper six demons the brother sister combo uh and I don't think they really was even that hard for them. I mean, I know they made it seem like it was, but in reality, it wasn't. They killed the sister off. Like, once before, without much effort. It was There was a little bit more effort tracking them down. And figuring out who the demon was. Uh, and Muzan, Muzan, or whatever you're going to call him. Musing, uh, is pulling the strings in the background. Uh, it'd be interesting to see when they finally get to fighting him. If they get to fighting him at all, I don't know how long Demon Slayer is going to run for. Hopefully, you got to figure a couple of seasons more because they've only fought one upper rank, and they, the upper ranks are getting promoted. Uh, and there's a lot of internal struggle uh, between the demon slayers themselves. You know, they didn't really accept Tanjiro because he has the demon sister Nezuko, obviously. That was relayed, in, I think, in season one. Uh, but they really don't like him. And we'll see how that goes. But overall, the entertainment district arc was better than, I think, the Mugen train. A lot better, I think. And obviously, this is more. I think this Demon Slayer season was more to me like centered around one demon in particular, or actually, it was two. But instead of him fighting a demon every other episode, you know, as which is in the case was in the first season, like. And I think they're going to be slaying more of the lower level demons. Um, I do like the infinity corridor that uh, Muzan fucking has. That's dope. Kind of reminds me of Jujutsu Kaisen's got uh, the same thing going on with it. Uh, then this actually has that also deals with demons as well. Um, and I really, you know, over overall, I'm going to talk about this. Right now, I really like the iterations of demons in Japanese culture versus the iterations of demons here or malicious spirits here in the States in Western ideology. Um, The reason being, I like that the demons in 
you know, in the Japanese culture is a little bit more, you know, I think a little bit more, they're a little bit more creative, definitely. Um, it's not all spikes and horns and different things. I like that they can be cool. I like that they're more transformative. And I also like the fact that they're not all bad. Like in Black Clover. Um, and I do like the fact just how they're portrayed. Um, the demons in general. You know, to me that's kind of one of these things like the demons here we don't really give so much shine to demons or demon possessed characters uh, to me they always look goofy in the United States and maybe that's because we try to personify them so much into being like humans or I mean I can't really think of the best and Satan really looks goofy as well here in the States um you know if you watch that show Lucifer again that looks goofy too I don't really know why it's so goofy here and over there, they're getting, you know, Japan has a little bit more demon culture and a little bit more Satan culture, a little bit better represented than here in the States, which is odd, which is actually odd to me. But nonetheless, uh, nevertheless, uh, it's a good, it was a good, enter- the entertainment district was a good fucking, um, visually it was, it was amazing. That's one thing that... Demon Slayer's hat going from the jump. This visually looks good. Well, Zenitsu... Zenitsu was kind of an afterthought. So it was... Uh, Inosuke was kind of like... Just kind of there. It was more about... Tanjiro Nesco and... The guy. I can't think of his name. Lugan. Lugan-san. I think that's his name. Lugan. Uh, but basically, they, they show up to the end. They're, they're on the hunt for an upper-ranked demon. Right? I think they're just on the hunt for a demon. And they're trying to clean up the entertainment district. And the, the entertainment district is loosely... I think it's loosely like... A whore town is what I kind of think it is. Like, I think these... I think guys went there and bought women. I think that is... The entertainment district. They don't flat out say it, but... That's kind of... It kind of reminds me of, like... Um, the movie about the geishas. It's kind of like the same thing. But and that's exactly how the demons get bred. Because a lot of criminal activity goes on there. And a lot of killings. And that's ultimately what brought the demon forth. And eventually that's exactly... And then it gained power. And then they were trying to shut it down. Um, Lugan, I think it's Lugan. Sent his three wives into there to try to find him. But they end up getting captured. And uh, eventually, they they track they track down the demon and and her de- and her and the sisters' demon abilities were pretty cool. I like that her robe was actually it could cut you, and it was basically like she had like eight swords. Um, and then she absorbed the people into the cloth. That was kind of cool. It was a cool thing. Um, about that and then deep within her she was hiding her brother who had also had his abilities to uh, use the blood sword art to uh, to create whatever and to heal himself and to patch patch themselves up like even cutting her head off at one point wasn't enough 
to kill her, nor was cutting his off, head off at one point enough either. And which it was kind of cool seeing that whole fight play out. And and they actually almost beat Tanjiro and 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 the squad. They almost got them. But ultimately, but Tanjiro and, and everybody else, they were thoroughly beaten. Uh, they got that ass whipped. Which is pretty common in most fucking animes. The heroes usually get that ass whipped. Like, Luffy gets his ass whipped constantly, but he ends up winning somehow. Uh, Asta and then we're getting that ass whipped. But they came out on top. And who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Gone and Killua were getting that ass whipped by the Chimera Ants and they ended up winning. Uh, so that's pretty common. Yeah, that's pretty common here in the States as well. The hero. The hero trope. It's kind of like the heroes get beat and then they come back to win, which is amazing. Um, especially the Avengers. I mean, the Avengers have really, have really taken hold of all the superheroes and things we got going on. But overall, yeah, overall, this the, uh, the district arc, it's 11 episodes. It, uh, it was really good. Uh, I like where they're going forward. They're they're elevating the dude from the Mugen, the Mugen train arc. He's now going to be an upper six instead of just being a regular lower lower level demon. Um, and his hand to hand abilities is fucking insane. He punched uh, homeboy right in the heart, and uh, he got through the blade. You know that that was hard. That was hard when they fought, and he ended up killing. I uh, can't think of the guy's name, but they end up killing him, which is wow. There's some biker dudes. There's a whole bike biker gang in front of me. Uh, interesting. That was just random. The Red Rum Biker Nation or whatever they are. <clears throat> whatever. But nonetheless, uh. Yeah, the Entertainment Arc District Arc was, again, 11 episodes. And I think it was a little bit better than the Mugen Train Arc. Uh, but now we're going to see... I think we're going to see how it's going to... The upper the upper demons and, and Muzan especially, how they're going to react to a loss of one of their own. And then also... You know, are they going to take Tanjiro more seriously? Uh, they didn't show much of Muzan in this... In this uh, See in this arc, I kind of wish that they did. He was in it for like a total of like two minutes, maybe or a minute at the most. Um, while I was in the last one, he was in there a lot, so I kind of wonder if they're gonna start if they're gonna bring him forward uh, more. And I want to know if he's gonna eventually tap dance with Tanjiro at the end. Or I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess if you read the manga, you probably would understand it you would know but anything's up for you know interpretation as it goes on and I think I think Demon Slayer is a massive hit anime wise cause it's fucking it's amazing they have some good characters and some good uh, some good stuff going for it so I think this is gonna go on for a while so by no means are they gonna just 
square up with Musin and just fucking kill him off uh, in the next season by far. I think they're, they still got to deal with all the upper six before they get to Musin himself, which he may replenish the ranks as it goes. He may, <clears throat> he may eventually, and I kind of think it was a little bit foreshadowing. The brother and sister, um, Ended up being demons together. And I think they're going to eventually pull Tangity down to demon level. Maybe he's going to get demon powers from Nezco herself or from somewhere else. Uh, but retain his human side. Who knows? I think that's one thing that uh, they haven't yet touched on. Is if he can, if they can do that. Nezco is already... Demon fight, but she has not yet had the hunger. She does have the hunger, but they've muzzled the hunger. I don't know if that can be done permanently. Um, and what it set this whole thing off is Tanjiro wants to cure his sister. I don't know if that's possible anymore. I don't believe it is. I don't know if Tanjiro can heal his sister from being a demon, uh, or if he has to be a demon himself to eventually talk with Nesco. Um, and so I don't really know if that's a possibility. I don't. Every demon he's getting the blood from, and I think it's collecting the samples. He's learned they're learning about the blood samples and learning about it. He's in the cat. <clears throat> I'm kind of wondering if what they're cooking up with that eventually. And also, I want to know if they're eventually going to reveal. I don't know if this is a revelation or not, but I think. I don't know if the Demon Slayer core and the demons themselves, if there's a balance where they, one can't get power over the other. Because that's what it seems like to me. It seems like they both have people die and then they just replenish the ranks. I don't know if the war will ever end between the demons and the Demon Slayers. So, these, you know, these are some things that I just think about when I watch it. You know, I, I enjoyed the season though. It was really good. Visually, the story is good. Again, the ending was really good. I loved how in Demon Slayer, the demons are never really, um, they're not just straight up bad guys. You kind of feel for them, especially once they meet their end, they kind of think about what life was before and what led them down the dark path. And most of it is done out of pure necessity, it's done out of just the circumstances of living in and you just kind of feel like oh okay well that's how they got to be in a demon and and for for most part like you're like oh okay now they do kill people in the process but you're like oh okay well they're not they weren't that bad if this didn't happen to them and you can totally see that like even in with his brother and sister the brother grew up poor and all he was eating was bugs and snails and he was getting bullied and you know and the sister wanted to help defend him. You know, she didn't want to be just being taken care of by the older brother at all times. So that's how they came to be demons in the first place. Uh, and very powerful ones at that. But nevertheless, uh, as I steal that from Disturbed Reality. Uh, yeah, this Demon Slayer, uh, the Entertainment District arc was good. It was really good. It's up there with the first season. Um, you're getting better for it. They're getting better at it. I think. I think Demon Slayer is becoming one of my more favorite animes. 
Um, just in general, like Hunter Hunter, I, I love Hunter Hunter. I want to watch it again. Uh, I may end up watching Demon Slayer again from the from the beginning. And you know, Black Clover as well is one of my more favorites. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is also coming, and I think that's a really good one as well. And I heard that season two is coming in twenty twenty three, so we'll be on the way for that. I didn't know. I don't know how long it takes for them to make these uh, animes to drop, but I'm kind of wondering, like here in the states, they would put like fifty. But I mean, that's a low budget, and they would put like fifty episodes out of like Pokemon, and then like that would be it. And then, and then they would do another season next year. So I'm kind of wondering. I, I think One Piece is like that. One Piece probably puts out like 40 episodes at a time. But it's a different. It's a whole different. Uh, a whole different ball game. And I, and I know the companies behind it. They put it out. And then they kind of like. Um, they kind of like. Obviously they run like a bunch of different ones at the same time. So you know. The artists are continually working, and and if one has a lull, then they, you know, obviously it gets canceled or whatever it gets put on the back burner. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know when the next Demon Slayer arc is coming out. Uh, hopefully not too far off. You know, I love the characters. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's really good. Uh, but with all that said, I'm out for this episode. Go watch the Entertainment District arc. Demon Slayer. I, I've watched it on Hulu. You cannot watch all 11 episodes. Seems like that season is done. And uh, we're done done with Demon Slayer for a minute. Uh, up next. I'm still watching One Piece. I, I'm probably never catch up with One Piece. Uh, I'm watching Disenchantment. I'm watching Archive 81. I'm watching a couple different shows. Archive... Archive 81 is kind of interesting, but it's kind of also dumb at the same time. I'm like, this, this situation could have been totally uh, avoided, but whatever. I'm watching that. I want to get back to watching uh, some other stuff I was started watching. Uh, I finished Heavenly Bites, which is good. Uh, but yeah, I'll get this episode posted up, guys. Stay tuned for the next one, and uh, I'll. Talk to you guys soon. Laters.